Welcome. Welcome. We're on the floor uh, to Becoming Parents. I'm with James for Fit for Birth. Today, I am going to be the client. This is a special series. James, why don't you actually describe what the series is and then we can get started? Yeah, I would say that uh, this is for your listeners to be able to take themselves through a fitness assessment. It's a corrective exercise style assessment. It's, um, you know, it's fit for birth. We do, we work with pregnant people and postpartum people and preconception people. Um, although this is an assessment that quite frankly could be done by almost anyone, but certainly I'll be talking about those populations as we go. Um, and, and that's it. It's, it's, although we're filming and I can see you, this is actually going to be something that anyone listening to should be able to work through without any real, real issue and learn a ton about your body in each segment. It'll be like right around a half an hour or so. Um, and the overview is that we will do an assessment up front. This will be the first part. Part two, we'll do like core part three, lower body part four, upper body and and in that, we've put it all together. I love that they can kind of do it themselves. And I think we'll just learn as we go. And I'll adjust my camera as we need it. And I want to point something out, two things. Like you're in your parents, you're like in a room you've never recorded in. We, my, my husband and my youngest daughter and I live in an RV. We live in a 31-foot Class C RV. And this is what the living room looks like. I mean, we slide these out to sit on them. Um, but if we can get this done, then anybody can get this done. So That's right. let's go. That's right. Yeah. Even in the smallest space. Okay. So the, I'll, I'll give just an, a sort of introduction to the assessment. This will be the assessment part that we're doing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to assess breathing and then your primal movement patterns. Primal movement patterns are just, if you took the basic movements that made up all of human life, the things that you do every day, you squat every time you sit and stand, right, out of a chair. And so squat would be one, lunge would be another one, bend, twist, push, and pull, just to give you sort of an overview of what we're going to do. So I'm going to I'm going to test each of those. I'm going to do it one round without telling you what to expect. In other words, I'm not going to coach you. I'm going to just sort of assess you. Then I'm going to do a second round with you all in the assessment here. Um, and in the second round, I'll coach you. And that's where you'll see each one of you who are listening will be able to feel the difference in your body by just making a few subtle changes, okay? And that's really the aha moment. The first time through, you just kind of feel your body as it is. We all have muscle imbalances and almost always it really boils down to in corrective exercise that some muscles are overactive and some muscles are underactive. And if today you can learn which ones are overactive and which ones are underactive in you, then you can leave here with something to apply to your existing routine or something to form the basis of a new routine, if that's what you want. Okay. Make sense? Okay. So with that in mind, and yes, I'll, I'll just kind of, it's a lot of, to some, on some level, it's going to be kind of like, uh, I'm going to try to keep it simple, um, but there's a lot. It's very exciting. Like, you know, I, I think that everyone should go through about three months of of corrective exercise coaching to learn how your muscles work, how your brain sends signal to your muscles, uh, because just that little foundation there sets you up for the rest of your life to be able to just kind of be present with your body on the occasions that you think about it and to therefore not suffer the aches and pains of that, that we often think of as aches and pains of old age, which technically are really not. Yes, they correlate to, uh, but, but, but it's really, it's, they correlate to age, 
but they correlate to age only because you've spent uh, the person has spent so much time using the wrong muscles that it wears away joints right all right so with that in mind why don't you just to get us started give me a what's one thing that would be like a goal for you fitness and i'll just kind of keep coming back to you because i don't want you to be like a uh you know our model today that that has no human relatability you know like a generic person i'd like you to actually you know i'd like to see well what is important to you jen uh from a fitness level and then number two i'd love to know do you have any aches and pains just in general my um goal post menopause so i'm turning 52 next week december 15th of 2022 i'll be 52 and i had a hysterectomy 18 years ago and it, I have a lot of pain in my, my left hip, my lower abdomen that I think is scar tissue from the surgery. The surgery was very traumatic and, um, it saved me, but it messed some stuff up. And so that's a pain that I have post menopause. So when I was going through menopause, I put on 27 pounds in 22 months and I know I'm small now comparatively, but I don't look like the person I was before. So I'm, I'm almost 20 pounds up right now. And, um, I not on hormone replacement therapy. I don't want to be on anything. So I think that's pretty common when your hormones are fluctuating during pregnancy and afterwards, mine's just for a different reason and your weight is up and you don't feel quite like yourself. Right. And that's what menopause getting through menopause did for me. Um, and I had my blood work checked uh, almost a year ago. And my doctor was just like, your levels have tanked. And because I don't want to do HRT, I'm managing things through diet and supplements. And I did, I have started to lose weight, but also we're in winter. We came through a pandemic where we couldn't do a lot of things and while I was going through this. And now we're in winter where it's a little bit more challenging mentally to get outside. Like it's cold. It's 16 degrees here this morning. I don't want to go. I don't want to go for a run today. Um, it's icy. It's stuff like that. So I think somewhere in the having COVID, having a pandemic, being winter, gaining 27 pounds, I lost some of my motivation, which I think is a lot where women after a baby are at also. So other aches and pains, my left hip. And then, um, I have my, my right elbow and I think it's the way I lean on my desk, but I haven't been able to pinpoint it. And I carry the most stress in my left shoulder. Okay, so let me ask you a couple of questions. So first of all, it sounds like your goal is regaining motivation. And so for you, one of the things I love to do is at the end of this, if you if you like and it makes sense, would you be willing to do a few of these or one or just a two minutes worth, I don't know, five minutes of an exercise program or something that if, again, if it makes sense to you, would you be willing to put it into your already existing um, exercise? Actually, do you, you do formal exercise how often? Off and on, um, at least once a week and we're, we've moved, we're switching gyms. So my husband just texted me not even an hour ago talking about which three days to do weights would mm. be the best three for both of us with our schedule. Um, so yes. And it's not like a new year's resolution. We have two gym memberships, but because we've moved, 
yeah to the other side of town we 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 thought maybe we would still go to those and we aren't so we just need to change our location so um yeah, yeah one to three times a week i'm working out right now yeah so the things we talk about today the whole idea is that you'll take them into your routine and you'll just simply know how to use them in that way for many of you listening out there it's a wonderful opportunity to just say what is the what's the one two or three exercises i'm going to pick from this series that are important to me because i've learned my body now with it and and i'm going to do those once every morning and it's going to take me 5 minutes or something like that and if you and if you that becomes easy then you repeat them three times and it becomes your 15 minute routine if you want. You know, in other words, you can always build on it if you want, but um, there's no reason not to start uh, doing something at just a, a couple minutes a day. Um, right. And we can talk more about it as, as we go. But for you, yeah, you, you'll apply it like the first, like when you get to the gym, as you start your weight training routine, the things we talk about here would be um, potentially the start of your routine and potentially the things that you incorporate as you do your routine. And we will make sense of that more at the end. Um, okay, so motivation. And then when does your left, when do you feel your left hip? These are important things just for me to kind of know you personally. When do you feel it as a pain, quote unquote? I feel stiffness in it when I'm running, which I can't do right now. I have a, I have an injury where I can't run. But when I'm running, and that's more chiropractic, I think, where the lower back is a little bit, my hips are a little bit off. Um, as far as on the front side from that scar tissue, I feel it pretty regularly. I mean, I think my left hip is just tight. So I can sit like I'm sitting crisscross applesauce, um, but I can feel tension in my hip all the time when I'm sitting like this. Um and then the scar tissue that's like just above that kind of, it flares up actually, like if I'm constipated, if I eat something that doesn't agree with me, I just feel like this whole internally, like GI wise, that will flare up. And so I have had, I've spent the last 18 years being very uh, aware of just how food moves through my system and what things kind of don't work well for me. And I, and so I have a pretty good handle on it, but then, you know, randomly it will just absolutely flare up. So, um, I, I don't necessarily, other than food, I don't have like a rhyme or reason that it flares up, but well, I, it, it, it tells me a lot when you okay. say that stiffness from running and, um, and even when you feel it right now, when you're oh, yeah, sitting across applesauce. So yep. that's what I need to know. Um, and for your right elbow, when do you feel that just in general? If I straighten my elbow out and um, touch it, it's like, it's painful every single time. So, um, and I, I, again, I don't know if it's the way I'm sitting. That's the only thing that I can think of. I don't know that I've ever had an injury and it's more recent, um, like in the last year, but when I stretch out my elbow, I can feel it. We have a massager that I use. I just started using on it and it's actually pretty, in, it's a little too intense, um, okay. to use the massager on it. So it's like a tennis elbow thing, but I, it's like, it's never not there. It's okay. there, 
Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'll I'll start by saying that almost everyone, you know, we live in a in an imperfect world. We all have imbalances, right? And um, that's part of what I'm just going to help from my eyes look look at. There are many ways toward healing. This is just one of them. I'll say okay. too. And um, you know, regarding like for example, your your left hip. Um, it's very common. We all sit in chairs. Um, we sit in chairs much more than our ancestors did, theoretically, right? We're sedentary. And so that causes a shortening, which causes a, a shortening of the muscle, which causes an increase in the neural tension. And then your body thinks it's supposed to use that muscle, for example, the hip flexor. So we'll see if that plays out today. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning it is because in advance, there are patterns to the way that humans operate. There are imbalances that are unique to you for sure, Jen. But there's also imbalances that are just simply, well, you're part of the human you know, population at this point. And so we, we tend to fall into some of the norms. Today is about those general norms. There are much more uh, um, intense assessments that we can do to specifically identify things that would come later. This is a very good overview that almost everybody needs and that we do at Fit for Birth prior to even doing any of the specifics because we know that just this right here will solve, as we say in our courses, 80% of any particular issues that you have, and then leave the rest for either in more advanced assessments or more advanced professionals. I'll also throw out there that as we're doing things today, if anything feels like you shouldn't do it, don't, don't do it. We're not here to hurt you, right? We're, you know, let's be comfortable. So anyone out there who's not comfortable doing some of the motions, just skip that motion and, you know, come back to it when you feel like your fitness is, is good to go with it in the future. Now you mentioned your right elbow and what comes to my mind as I watch you kind of, you know, do that and that extension is that a lot of times, remember, is it, is it good to be too tight? No. Is it good to be too loose? Also no. So um, in that case, a hyperextension is like a too loose. And oftentimes we need postural muscles to do their job and postural muscles in the arm, believe it or not. So I'll watch for those things. We'll see if it comes out today. Um, and then the final one was your left shoulder. When does that come out? Yeah, you know what? That I've had pain in my left shoulder for 15 years. And I know chiropractically, um, sometimes that T1 needs to be adjusted. But for the most part, you know, I have a, I have a great chiropractor who kind of said it's not skeletal. So you know how when people are tense, they kind of, they do this sort of thing. They raise their shoulders. I'll notice that like just my left shoulder will be raised and it's a conscious effort on a regular basis to make sure it's dropped. And, um, and it's the, it's that muscle, you know, like when you grab your shoulder right here, where your fingers are on the back, it's that. Yeah right there and it just always feels super tight and uncomfortable yeah. and I, so, I know I carry stress there. Perfect, okay. And this is so common, I'm, I'm glad you've mentioned that too. And remember I had just said that everything's gonna fall into um, two categories. Either you're overusing your muscles or you're underusing your muscles typically. Right. And hopefully they can become balanced and they become used appropriately, Absolutely. right? Well, Absolutely. in this case, what's going on with your left upper trap? Is it over or underactive? Over. It's overactive, yeah. Right. And so, you know, honestly, some of the solutions, if we never even did the assessment at all, and I just said, well, here's your, here's your recipe. Every hour for the next, you know, few weeks, I'd like you every hour on the hour to consciously relax that muscle. Now, there are exercises I could give you and stuff to do if you really wanted to solve it, but that, it's, it's as simple as that, really. You, you are what you do. 
right? So, so if you habitually raise that left shoulder for whatever reason, it might be the left, not the right or whatever, that's just something that's got to be shifted. And exactly to the degree that it's important to you to shift is exactly to the degree that you can work on it, right? So in other words, if the pain is very high and you and it's you're really suffering, you're probably going to be more motivated. Or if you're really into prevention, then you'll get, hey, let's not wait till I have more of an issue. Let's not wait till it becomes a a migraine headache or something like that. Or 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 quite frankly, those things when you have overactive um, muscles like that, it means that you go to you know throw a ball with your kids or grandkids or whatever, and now you're starting to wear out your shoulder girdle joint, your uh, your rotator cuff or something. That's how those injuries happen. So. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I'm in fitness in general is because I wanted to be able to play with my kids till I was a granddad and beyond, right? So that's that's one of my personal goals. I want to, I don't want to be the the person who's like, no, no, kids, just go do it without me. I'm tired. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, sit here on the couch or whatever. I want to be out there as long as possible. So, with that in mind, now I suppose we could call this five segments. The first segment has been your goals and your needs and discussing the overview of how this works. The next segment we do now is go ahead and stand up and let's do the first assessment. Again, it will be breathing and six primal movements because these are the movements that make up your everyone's you know uh, activities of daily life. For my purposes, I'll have you turn sideways um, so that I can see and for anyone who, who might be watching can see, but, um, I'm going to ask you, this is a function-based assessment basically. So that means that form instead of function. So function means that I'm going to ask you, you know, what you're perceiving. And that's why we can do this. I can do this blindfolded. I don't really have to see you because you're going to give me the answers. Um, and form is important because it's a symbol of what your function is doing. But do you kind of see in the chicken, the egg scenario, I'm saying that function is more important than form. In other words, your brain tells your muscles how to behave. And if your muscles are pulling your shoulders into bad posture or whatever, then that form is an outcome of your function. And so I don't need to, it's, it's less important to know the words. The point is, is that what you feel is very important. So go ahead and just sort of turn sideways or as you are, and then take a few deep breaths. And take a few and continue to do that. And tell me what area of your body do you believe to be moving? My chest and my abdomen. Chest and abdomen, okay. Why don't you tuck in your shirt a little bit so it's sort of like, uh, yeah, actually tucking is not necessarily important. I just want to make sure against that tree I've got, I'm actually filming this in case I want to send it to you in a moment. Go ahead and take two more. Good. And then on a zero to 10 scale, how easy or difficult does that feel for you to do? 10 being, oh, that's really difficult. Or zero, like, no, nah, it's super easy. It's super easy. I think my shoulders are moving too. Yeah. Okay, good. So lay down on your, and again, I'm not going to tell you much of what's going on this first round. Go ahead. Tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Go ahead and lay on the ground now. And I'm going to have you contrast 
what you've just done breathing um, upright to what you're what you're doing laying down now. Typically from a, yeah, go ahead and, and basically just jump into it. Um, oh, that's pretty good. Lay your head rest and go ahead and take a few deep breaths here. And tell me, first of all, does it get harder, easier, or stay the same? Mm -mm. I think it's easier. And what area of your body is moving? My chest and my abdomen. Okay. So does that mean there's not really a perceived difference of what's moving now? They, it's because that's those were the words you said originally. Well, my shoulders were also when I was standing up. So that they are not moving the same way anymore. Okay, that is accurate. That's definitely what I've seen. And that's what I was filming just in case you did not pick up on that yourself. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to sort of stand in front of the mirror to actually see what's going on. So I was going to be your mirror there. Great. Now we're clear on what's happened. We'll come back to those things. Um, go ahead and stand up again. And now we're going to begin the six primal movements. So again, for my purposes and for any viewers who are here, sometimes it's nice to see a sideways view. I'm going to have you go sideways for just about everything um, uh, otherwise. However, um, you don't, it, don't worry about it when you're listening. Go ahead and take a few squats. And for you listeners, you are going to take these squats along with Jen here and just do what's comfortable. It's as though you're sitting in a chair and getting back up each time, right? Although you don't need the chair beneath you. And you're going to continue to do it as, as long as you feel comfortable um, until you can tell me what's going to get tired. And if for some of you who seem to be very fit or don't feel uh, much of your body in this way right now, just kind of hypo hypotheticalize it with me. If I made you do this for 10 hours, what would eventually get tired? <laughs> um, quads, hips. Maybe quads. Even... Now, hips, I would consider to be a joint. So why don't you um, try to identify the actual muscle? What in your hips is work? You could, since I'm watching you, I can, um, you can point for me and I'll try to just speak openly for the, view, for the listeners. And then Definitely quad. Probably glutes right here would get super tired. I mean, um, yeah, this okay. first for sure. Yeah. So we're going to say, and just, just for your listeners here, how much quad versus how much glute for you particularly at this moment? One to three, probably. Okay. So something like 66% to 33%. Okay, great. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, that's a great analysis. And your quads are working therefore much more than your glutes. Okay. I mean, that is what you said, right? Yeah, or, or did, yeah, or did yeah. I misinterpret? Quads, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. So now we're going to do a lunge. You may not have room in your RV to do it sideways. Face me then. And um, there's two ways to do it. If you're, if you're feeling like you can do the complexity of an alternating forward lunge, go ahead and do that. That's stepping forward and landing, letting your back knee sort of come down to the floor. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, for my purposes, it's totally fine for you to do it facing me too. And then, and then you shift and you, you come up and back to where you began. Okay. Now, if that feels 
Go ahead. You would then do it on the opposite side and then alternate back and forth. If that feels like too much, the other way to do it is actually just stepping forward with one foot and then just going up and down in place five or 10 times on that leg. Well, that's how I prefer to do it because I feel okay. like you get more bang for your buck that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So fine. So where this is a, a one-sided lunge or a static split squat and we're going up and down and basically it's the same thing. Where do you feel it? What's going to get tired if you ended up doing, you know, much more on each side? Inner right here. And I have a foot injury. So this side is harder for me because my right foot, but um, quad, inner thigh, almost the same, actually, almost the same amount. And then glue. Okay. Do you want to, since we're, since we're getting to know your body here, do you want to give me again, a split of how much quad and inner thigh versus how much glue? Quad and inner thigh are probably make up like 75%. Well, not quite. No. The, okay. Let me think. The quad. Well, it gives. What's that? Um, the quad is probably half of it, and then like a thirty twenty inner thigh to, to glute. Does that mean that glute is twenty percent? Yeah. Okay. That's really what I'm what I'm looking for there. So I'm actually going to say it's 80% quad and inner thigh and it's 20% glute. Great. Now let's do a bend. Do you have, if you, by the way, if you happen to have, you know, a couple light dumbbells, five pounds or something that it can be nice or helpful. It's not really a big deal. Sometimes I have uh, people will grab just water bottles or something, but if you have them there, why not? And in this case, you can, um, I'd like you to do something where it's kind of like bend down to touch your toes and then come back up. Now, again, you don't really need weights for this, but if you have them and you want to use them, by all means, it, it sometimes makes it easy to feel what's going on. And you're going to go up and down until you can tell me what's going to get tired. Same question. Hamstrings and calves. All right. And as soon as you answer the question, we can move on. So next will be, you can put the weights down. Next is a rotation. So a rotation um, is standing right where you are um, without moving your feet. Your feet will stay planted. You just turn and look at the wall behind you, pause for a moment, and then sweep all the way the other way. Turn and look at the wall behind you the other way, pause for a moment, and then just continue doing that. Now, this is not a very aggressive exercise, not one that's going to tire most people. It's one that you're really learning to feel which muscles are moving you, though. And so which muscles are moving you? um core and then back lats those are lats yes so lot. now lats are different than lower back and and that's different than shoulder blades back right so there's a lot of different ways for people to say back and i'm just saying this for our listeners to make sure that um, it's definitely different if it's lower back versus lats, which means coming out of your armpits down the side um, versus if it's in your shoulder blades. And then I understood that you said core, so wonderful. Now let's grab those weights again and this time do a bent row. Now a bent row is kind of like, hey, I'm changing the baby's diaper on the, on the coffee table. <laughs> 
something like that. And, and for the sake of fitness, I'm going to have us repeat the shoulder blade exercise or the arm exercise of pulling the weights up. Many of us who know the weight environment know this. I see that you're doing it, Jen. Um, where, where, what's going to get tired if you do this? Um, biceps and my shoulders. Biceps and shoulders. And if I made, if I said, go ahead and, uh, and relax, let, let the weights just kind of dangle there. What's going to get tired now? If I just made you stand there for an hour or more. Probably my back. Where in your back? My upper back, my shoulders, but like all the way across. Would you say that that's shoulder blades or, or you're, are we talking about your upper traps the way that you said I, before? Actually my traps. Okay, so it's the upper traps. Okay, you can relax for a moment. You said biceps and shoulders. What I'd like to know is where in your shoulders? I know you can point to me, but there's a difference between deltoids, which is the round part of your shoulder, and then the upper traps, right? The ones going into the neck. Yeah, upper traps. Okay, so it is upper traps more. All right, the last one is a push-up. So back down on the uh, floor. Well, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I remember it's, you don't even have to do one. You just kind of get into the position on your knees. And so, yeah, you shift forward and already you can feel what's holding you up. Just take a couple if you feel okay about it, where you sort of lower down, come up, no big deal. And you, and you just do a few until you can tell me where you feel it. My chest and my outer shoulders right here. Okay, chest and that's technically your front deltoid you're pointing to. You, you okay. would, so yeah. I think okay. my palms there. Okay. All right, so that's where we'll finish this very basic uh, corrective exercise assessment.